Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Time for another edition of the Retirement Toolbox. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Scott Searles, and this is the show for you if you want to better prepare for your financial future and for retirement, looking to make that process a little bit easier, clearer, not as hard to understand the moving parts. Well, we're going to try and accomplish all of those goals on today's show. Let me tell you about Scott. He's a financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management. He's serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area and also has an office in Bradenton, Florida for our uh, Southern listeners. You can find him in the office there in the Cleveland area in Strongsville and online always at skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com. And Scott brings more than 20 years of experience in the financial world to the program each and every time. And we're looking forward to tapping into that expertise once again on today's show. Scott, thanks so much for being with us. What's going on in your world today? Oh, thanks, Walter. You know what? I tell you what, I just saw the craziest movie the other day. I don't know if anybody's seen this movie, Free Solo. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. It's insane. I'm still anxious over this right now. For anybody that hasn't seen it, you have to go and and check it out. This guy, Alex Hanud, he climbs El Capitan, which is 3,000 feet tall in in Yosemite National Park. He actually, he's a a rock climber, but he does it with no safety ropes at all. This guy's hanging on to little cracks and crevices with his fingers and his hands and one little slip and he falls and he's dead. Yep. Yep. It, It is crazy. It's like, I'm watching this and I can't imagine. I know a lot of people do this with their retirement planning, but I can't imagine how they could possibly do that when it comes to climbing a, a mountain. I was absolutely blown away by some of the images in that show. I saw it as well, and my jaw was literally on the floor the entire time watching it, how people would take that risk of very high probability that you would die in that moment. I mean, just one small mistake. I mean, he literally at that one point, there was that one gap. I know you remember that part of the show where he, Mm -hmm. we're not just talking about straight one hand over the other climbing. He had to jump sideways. So it's literally a jump and all the practices that he, now he practiced with a rope. And when he had done that move and all the practices, at least what they showed to us, he had missed that jump many, many, many times. And so, I mean, that was a really crazy moment where it was literally, it seemed to me like basically a 50-50 shot. He was going to make it on that jump or not once he ditched the rope. It was a very high chance that he might not make it there. A crazy show, really well. And when he makes that jump, he is literally jumping on to like a little edge like is like an inch wide. Yes, I mean, <laughs> yes not even that probably. I mean, literally <laughs> holding on crazy. to cracks. It's not like when we go to rock climbing, if you've ever been to one of those rock climbing gyms where they've got like, you know, they call them holds, the things that protrude from the wall, and you can yep. you know, get a really nice grip on those. No, no, we're talking a little crevice. <laughs> yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, still in shock. We could probably draw quite a few uh, financial comparisons to, uh, you know, what it's like climbing without a rope and some of the lessons learned in that show and probably, you know, spin them into good financial lessons. We may have to do a future podcast on that. That would be kind of... Uh, kind of a fun route to take but and he the thing that shocked me is he was just so nonchalant about the entire thing he obviously has some really interesting personality quirks 
but he yeah. was just very much the entire show like well you know if i die that's what happens it is what it is <laughs> yeah i, I don't I know how people his are heart so... rate never his heart rate probably never climbs it's probably just like super low all the time he yeah just is so calm and I don't know how some people are so cavalier, but he is definitely an, an interesting character. And I found the dynamic between him and his girlfriend very interesting the entire show. Yes, yes. He, I mean, I, I think that was just like his first girlfriend or something. He didn't want to be distracted by any girlfriends because it could mess him up on the rock climbing. Yep, yep. But in, uh, when he finally went for this big moment, he did have a girlfriend, and it, they followed their kind of dynamic really closely as well, which was interesting, so... Yes. Check it out. Free Solo is the name of the movie. Uh, they had it, I think, on like National Geographic or something uh, not too long ago. I don't know if they'll replay it on there, but I think you can watch it on. I'm sure you can rent it from your various platforms. I don't know if it's on Netflix or not, but I ended up watching it on National Geographic on demand. Okay. All right. So yeah. So it may be easily accessible for a lot of folks. Certainly, just go check it out. Free Solo is the name of the movie. Yeah, very good one. Good recommendation, certainly, to share with folks. We've got a great podcast on the way today, and hopefully it'll take your mind off of some of those uh, ridiculous scenes that seem to be stuck in your head there, Scott, of dangling <laughs> thousands of feet above the ground. We're going to talk about how conventional wisdom isn't always so wise on today's show, although I think the conventional wisdom of climbing without a rope for most of us for 99.999% of us is probably good conventional wisdom to still abide, <laughs> adhere to. Um, I'll keep my feet on the ground, Walter. Yeah, or just keep the feet on the ground, e either way. Or just use a <laughs> rope if you're going to go north in any way. Uh, but we're going to talk about some of these cases in the financial world where the conventional wisdom, the thing that everybody says, yeah, you can do that. That's a good idea. Maybe it isn't so wise in certain cases. We'll dive into that in just a second. And we'll also answer a question from Mary about rolling over a 401k. What are the consequences of doing it wrong? We're going to talk a little bit about that later on in today's program. But let's jump into that conversation, Scott, about how conventional wisdom isn't always so wise. One good place for us to start would be about real estate. You know, there's tons of quotes out there about real estate. You know, it's the best investment to make because they're not making any more of it, I think is one of the more famous real estate sayings that I've heard. And people all say it's just a, a great way to go with your investments and with your finances. You just can't go wrong with real estate. Why might that conventional wisdom not be so wise? Well, I actually do hear that, hear that quite often. And, you know, the reality is, is that when you come to your retirement, Real estate is not really a liquid investment. It's a physical asset, which is good, meaning you know it's not going anywhere. It's always going to be there and it's always going to have value. But you, you can't just quickly get money out of your house to help fund your retirement. And when you look at actually the growth that we've seen in real estate, right now, at least in the greater Cleveland area, and it's different all over the country, but right now in, in the greater Cleveland where I'm headquartered out of, you know, our house prices now are at 2004 levels. So if you bought a, a rental property, you certainly did not see much growth over the past 14, 15 years. And it's basically flatlined. And in Cleveland, it's only projected to grow at like two and a half percent for the next six years. At least that's one study I've seen. I'm sure you can find studies. I'll tell you all different types of numbers. But when you look at the markets, they're up in the past 15 years, like 154 percent. So it's okay to have a little bit and diversify a little bit in the real estate, but you certainly don't want to be like this guy I had in my office a couple months ago. He had like 12 properties and he's been trying to unload them so he can fund his retirement. And it wasn't quite as easy as he thought it was. 
plus you know you get tired of the hassles when you have like rental properties too you, you get called at midnight to go and clog a toilet i mean that's not fun either yeah yeah and especially when it's not your toilet <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. So yeah, you can't go wrong with real estate. Well, there are some pitfalls there, especially for somebody who's entering retirement, both from the financial aspect and also from the, just sort of the lifestyle aspect there between those two things. So it's a really good debate to have. doesn't mean you can't have real estate in the portfolio, right, Scott? It's just, is it a good fit for you in your stage of life still? And, you know, and I, I think everybody needs to be diversified in their investments. And, you know, everybody talks stocks, bonds, cash, all these things. But real estate can very well be a portion of, of that portfolio too, whether you do that you know, through a non-traded REIT or you do that by actually having physical property that you own yourself. There's nothing wrong with it, but you don't want to get overloaded with it. And you, you need to be aware of, of you know, some of the pitfalls with it as well as you know, don't necessarily expect to be cranking out huge you know, growth out of those properties either. Yeah, it's a really good point. Another item of conventional wisdom is that there's good debt and bad debt and that the mortgage is good debt. This seems to make sense to me on the on the front end of things. Where's where's maybe the case where that isn't wise thinking? Well, I advise every one of my clients that we try to get no debt when we're in retirement because it's a cash flow issue. You can't always avoid it. Sometimes you're going to have a mortgage, you know, obviously the smaller the better. But when you're retired, you're going to be on a fixed income, Social Security and pulling money from your 401k, most likely. And if you have got you know, a $1,000 mortgage payment you have to make every month, then that's going to simply deplete your assets that you're using to fund your lifestyle that much sooner. Now, you know, it, it used to be that you'd have your mortgage and you could write off your interest on your taxes. Well, you still can. But now less and less people are doing that because now they raised the standard deduction up to 24000 for a married couple. So unless you're itemizing and, and writing off more than that $24,000 worth of, of mortgage debt and other things, you're, you're not going to be able to even use it on your taxes like you used to be able to. So I think not having that worry of not having a mortgage is by far the best route to go. And then you don't have to worry from a cash flow issue either. You know, interest rates are low on those mortgages. And, you know, a lot of people are three, four percent mortgages out there, which that portion's good. But also, you know, if you go to invest that money somewhere, there's no good place right now for you to get a good, safe return over four percent. So that means you're going to have to take a little bit of risk with your money to get more than a 4% return. Because some people say, well, I'll get my mortgage at 4%. I'll invest the difference and you know, I can make 6 8%. Well, there's no guarantee you make 6 8%, number one. And number two, you, know, you very well could lose 6 8% at the same time too. So I think just not having that debt is the best route to go when, when you get into your retirement. Yeah, it's a great point and something that a lot of people, again, you're going to want to have this caveat for anything we talk about here, but important to have some of these, you know, ideas being that it's got to be customized to your particular situation. So don't take anything we say as gospel here on the podcast. These are just to give you some food for thought, some things to think about, but different cases, different situations may apply based on your situation. But um, certainly it's a great example of why conventional wisdom isn't always so wise because there's exceptions to pretty much 
every rule in the financial world, it seems. The other one that I think we can debunk pretty easily these days is that conventional wisdom tells us that retirement is a chance to relax after an exhausting career. Well, in the previous podcast, we were diving into this conversation about just how active retirement has gotten, Scott. Yeah, and that's very true. People get bored not working sometimes. And you know, it may not necessarily be a money thing, but now people seem to be much, much more active than they ever have been. I have clients that make birdhouses. I have another one that's, you know, they're active in their garden club. I even have another one that makes his own bourbon. Like, I guess it's technically whiskey because we're not in <laughs> Kentucky. But, uh, you know, a little side note, I had a buddy of mine that bought me a barrel at Maker's Mark. And I'm a, one of, I don't know, like 100 people in, that have a barrel at Maker's Mark. Wow. But they have my name on the barrel. They send me a little plate. But that technically is bourbon because that's down there, down south. But sorry, I got a little off track there. So, it's all right. We got a little education about the uh, bourbon versus whiskey debate, it sounds like. But getting back to the uh, chance to relax in retirement is that you know, people are also, they're more active and they stay healthy longer. So they want to do things, you know, they want to be active and travel and do all these other things. So majority of people are not relaxing in their retirement. I just don't see it. And like I said, in one of the previous podcasts is that I have a bunch of people that don't know how they had time to work before because they're doing so many things now. Yeah, it's a really good point there, Scott. And as we're talking about these conventional wisdom ideas that aren't so wise these days, one more that we should slide in here into the conversation. And that's the idea that if your investments aren't currently doing well, well, just try something else. I mean, that logic does kind of make sense at first blush. Well, you know what? Yeah, at first, when it comes to other things beside investing, maybe that does make sense. But 99% of the time in the investing world, it doesn't. The best bet is to develop a portfolio that's designed to give you the best possible return for any given level of risk that you're willing to take and stick with it. Studies show that going in and out of the market, trying to time the market, switching things around all the time, it just doesn't work. You have to remember, markets are driven by news. So they're unpredictable. I mean, how many times do you go on the news or you look at CNBC and you see that something happened here or something happened there and the market's down 20%? It's all about news. We can't predict what's going to happen in the world. So when you try to time the markets and move in and out, I mean, on average, people end up losing money doing that as opposed to making it. And even a good example is I just had a... uh, At the beginning of the year, I had a client that's really nervous, and I've been working with him now for years to try to get him to kind of stick to the righteous path of investing. But he called me up, and that was right after our fourth quarter market drop. And he's like, Scott, you know, I I really feel uncomfortable with these markets. It's not working for me now. I want to pull my money out and just stick it in cash. And I said to him, I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm just, I refuse to do that. I, you know, you can, if you want to work with somebody else that'll do that for you, you're more than welcome to. I, I'd hate to lose you, but you need to stick the course and stay with it. And after probably an hour on the phone with them, we, it's what we ended up doing. And sure enough, those markets came right back. I got a call just a few weeks ago saying, Hey, thanks for getting me off the, the edge of the cliff there because I would have made a mistake. And you know, just sticking to your plan, making sure you're, you're not overpaying on fees, 
having a well-designed portfolio by a quality advisor it's a fiduciary is going to be the key to making sure you're going to be successful when it comes to investing. It's really good points there, Scott. And yeah, sometimes we just need that that boost. Sometimes we need the pushback a little bit to make sure that we're not making the wrong decisions because often we let our own emotions kind of cloud our decision making. That's a great example of it there when you know the wise course wasn't to just pull the plug and try something different. The wise course in that situation was to stay the course because things were going to change, going to come back up and be okay for how that person was invested. And unfortunately, we lose sight of those things in the short term sometimes. Absolutely. People, I mean, investing is emotional and and people, they have a tendency to get those emotions in the way. And and like you said, it it clouds their judgment from making smart decisions. And then working with with an advisor is someone that can be there and say, hey, okay, let's think about this a second before we jump. Yep. It's a great point. If you've never worked with a financial advisor before, invite you to give Scott Searles a call. He's a financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management. As you can tell, knows his stuff, brings more than 20 years of experience to the table. Each show showcases that to us each time here, but is putting that experience to good use in the office each and every single day as well. If you'd like to schedule a time to meet with Scott to talk about your particular situation, because it is important to get advice that's customized to your individual needs. Give them a call. 888-742-0111 is the number. That's 888-742-0111. You can also go to talktoscott.com and schedule a time to meet right there from the site, whether it be on your smartphone or computer. Talktoscott.com, your place to go. One more time, that's talktoscott.com. And you can check the description of today's episode for the proper links to all the things that we mentioned in those resources as well. There's also the Tax-Free Retirement Toolkit, which a lot of people find very helpful when it comes to beginning their retirement planning journey. It's a physical box that Scott has packed with a uh, book and other goodies that help you learn about some of the basics and some of the essentials when it comes to retirement planning. It's a useful tool. If you'd like to get that toolkit for free, you can go to skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com to get your tax-free retirement toolkit. Just a great resource for a lot of folks. Well, Scott, it's time now to get to know you a little bit better on today's program. Fun questions each and every podcast to learn about your personality a little bit. We're taking it back to, uh, oh, I don't know, second grade, maybe third grade on today's show. Okay, you ready for this? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Fun question that we'll pull back from when we were all kids and probably answered this question at one point in time. If you had to be an animal, which animal would you be? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny you say this because my wife and I literally just a few days ago, we're talking about this. We're sitting there (laughs) watching TV and I am looking at my two dogs laying there just loving life. Yep. I said... If I were going to be an animal, I would be a dog. Yeah. Now, I would want to be in a loving house. I'd like to be a house dog. True. Uh, yeah. not, not a homeless street dog. But uh, <laughs> you get loving whenever you want. You just, you're always getting petted. You lay around when you want to play. You can get up and someone's going to play with you. And then when you get tired, you just nap again. You go eat whenever you want. <laughs> go outside and relax. You have no worries, you know. That's all they do all day long. I mean, it's great. You're okay with the whole uh, sniffing other butts thing? You're able to get past that? (laughs) All right. I actually didn't think about that, but uh, 
<laughs> you know, I, I guess with everything else, I, you know, there's a trade-off. I guess this, if right? you're a dog, you don't mind, right? We're approaching That's this right. from the human perspective, but... <laughs> right, just like you wouldn't be bored if you're a dog because you don't know any better. Right, exactly. Oh, that's too funny. What about if you had to be a wild animal? Let's take the domestication out of it. What if you had to do, be something in the wild? Boy, something in the wild, let me think. It's a little harder, uh, I think. Yeah, it does get harder, and I, I would tell you, I would, I would probably... Go with some type of bird. I know it's kind yes, of crazy. I would too. No, the, bird would be my. I I believe it or not, I would say seagull. Okay. Okay. I know they eat yeah, like I mean, junk, but you know, they live well, at the yeah, beach and they float around and in the breeze and eat Cheetos on the beach from you know people hanging around and I don't know they they just live kind of a cool life. Yeah, and you're up high there. You're floating around. You're just able to observe everything. Yeah. And you get to go down south for the winter too. That's cool. There you go. Yeah. Although maybe it'd be cool to be like a a cooler bird, like a, an eagle or a hawk or something like that. Would be kind of neat too. Yeah. That that would probably be the the proper choice, right? You yeah. want to be an eagle, a big, big strong eagle. Yeah, I, I think people probably scratch their heads when you say you want to be a seagull. It's kind of like, what? Who wants to be a seagull? It's kind of a trash Well, there's worse ones bird. than seagulls. So That's can, true. You could be That's a pigeon. True. Yeah, a pigeon. Oh, yeah, there you go. That would be a weird person who has that on their list, I would imagine. Although I'm not, I don't think I don't think seagulls too far higher on that list. So <laughs> I better be careful with what I say. All right. Well, very I, cool. I remember we were on vacation one time, and my daughter's friend was holding up a sandwich and got attacked by literally like twenty seagulls. And then she started running across the beach holding up her sandwich, and these seagulls are just chasing after her. It's the funniest thing. Yeah. See, we used to try and get the seagulls to attack us with food, and we've got all sorts of great family pictures of like you know burying someone in the sand and then just covering uh, covering them with. With Cheetos and random <laughs> chips and things like that, and bread. You were mean. And having them just sit really still or lie really still and see how close would the seagulls actually get. Oh, we once had my aunt all buried except for you know basically her face, and then we put like a a long pretzel in her mouth, and so she just lied really still with the pretzel facing straight up, and the seagulls would swoop down and try and get the pretzel right out of her mouth. It was. <laughs> It's pretty. It was pretty awesome, and she's just That's giggling funny. the entire time. I guess we have a weird sense of humor, but when you, when I you, wish I would have thought of that. Actually, it's fun. <laughs> Next time you go to the beach, you've got a fun activity to try. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Too funny. Well, that's getting to know Scott a little bit better. We turn the page from there to the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Wrapping up today's podcast with a great question here from Mary in Cleveland Heights. If you've got a question to ask Scott, go to skyboxasset.com. Click on the contact button and you can get in touch that way with your question. Mary says, I'm really worried about rolling over my 401k because I'm afraid that I'm going to do something wrong and create a tax bill for myself. How difficult is the process? Well, you know what, Mary, it's interesting that you say that you're worried and afraid and there certainly are a lot of, of issues that can pop up and rolling over a 401k is not necessarily as cut and dry as a lot of people you know make it out to be and i don't want to get super nerdy or we'll have a bunch of listeners fall asleep on me here but you know there's indirect and there's direct rollovers and with indirect rollovers your employer is going to withhold 20 percent of your money but what a lot of people don't understand is that when you 
you have 60 days to put that money over into an IRA, but you have to put all of the money in, including the 20% that was withheld. So you need to then dig into your pocket and make up that 20%. So that's one mistake that a lot of people use when they go indirect as opposed to, to direct. But you know, one little mistake with this rollover can doom your retirement too. You know, a lot of 401ks have after-tax money in there, and now some of them have Roth money in there. Those all need to go in the separate accounts, and they need to be handled properly. And and if your 401k has company stock in it, you can use something that's called a net unrealized appreciation, where, again, not to get too nerdy on everybody, but basically what you can do is take that company stock out of that 401k, and you can pay ordinary income taxes on the basis. In other words, the amount that you paid for the company stock and then all of your gains then, instead of being taxed as ordinary income, like it would be in the retirement plan, it's now out of the retirement plan. You paid taxes on your basis. Now all your gains are taxed as capital gains, which is at a lower tax rate than what your ordinary income tax rate is. So those are the different types of things that you can do. And I strongly encourage you to work, especially since this is something that's bothering you. You should work with a qualified fiduciary advisor to make sure that everything is handled properly, Mary. It's a really good question, Mary. Thank you for submitting that one. It doesn't have to be a painful process to do those rollovers, but yeah, it's one of those things you want to get right. Hey, we finally have our connection to the free solo show that we started off the program talking about. It just takes one little mistake doing a rollover like that to have <laughs> dire consequences, just like the, uh, the free climbers that climb without ropes, right? We know it pop up in there somewhere. That's right. Yeah, we were able to circle back around to it. So great to uh, bookend the program that way today. Uh, if you've got any questions for Scott about something we've talked about on the show today or about your particular financial plan, you can always reach out 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111 or online skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com. And if you want to go straight to getting in touch with Scott to set up a time to meet for a free consultation, you can do that by going to talktoscott.com. That's talktoscott.com. We'll put links to all this stuff in the description of today's show as well. Scott, thanks for the help on today's program, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting again on the next podcast. Thanks, Walter. I appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. We'll talk to you soon. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time on The Retirement Toolbox. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.